You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me today, Ryan McCaffrey. Hello. Vincent Genito. Yo. Marty Sleva. Hey, everybody. We've got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about that Phantom Dust reboot. We're going to talk about the classic Fear Effect. Ooh. <laughs> Let's start with Mortal Kombat X. Whoa. Okay. Mortal this is Kombat! coming out. Very soon, April 14th. Mm-hmm. Everyone's very excited about yep. it. Uh, what the hell's the Predator doing on screen? That's How did the, he get there? <laughs> I thought exactly, Marty. Why don't this, we talk about that? This is the rumor that Predator is going to be a downloadable character coming after release mm-hmm. this summer. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, right? obviously, yeah. doesn't it? Um, I wish that this was so outlandish that I'd be like, that'll never well, happen. Look at this photo but, of Predator killing Scorpion. So yeah. this is, yeah. This rumor started last summer. Yeah. A fan, a fan made this. Yeah. A fan made this and tweeted it at Ed Boon, yeah. creator of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And uh, he, retweeted he retweeted it and was like, it, oh yeah. snap! Yeah. And now, uh, several months later, VideoGamer.com is reporting that their sources tell them this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. So that's a little strange that like this fan art ends up becoming a real thing. Yeah. Na- navigating all the licensing issues sure, and actually sure. happening. But how do we know that the fan that made this art isn't the same person that writes for VideoGamer.com? <laughs> we, we don't we know. Don't. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know. Like, yeah. it, we, this couldn't be a less substantial. Yeah. I will sure. say this. I, I looked into this a little bit, and I did find out that... So, unfortunately, we all know that Sega suffered some you know, turmoil recently, yeah. and they're downsizing a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did find out that their alien-predator agreement's over. Oh, wow. So there's okay. no like there's no roadblock at least with Sega having the license and having to yeah. partner up with WB to get in Mortal Kombat. So that is not 
an issue. So mm. yeah. that's one one hurdle cleared. Yeah. And in terms of like, you know, coherence with the well. MK with the MKU yeah. as it would as it would be, you don't really have to worry about that. <laughs> Shaking your head and in shame. I mean, because what do we have? Marvel, like, I, Marvel comic with a K. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we've had uh, Mortal Kombat. What Freddy was in the last one? Uh, Freddy was in the last one. Right here. This is the this is the you know the scourge of of fighting games. The, the guest character. I yeah, hated. we had what Kratos. It, yeah, was in the last one. As well. You've had you've had Spawn. If, if, if yeah. computer wants to bring up or, our, our yeah. B-roll, yeah. Yeah. Boop, 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 yeah, no, it's just that this is a thing that that a lot of different fighting games have done over the years, and it's like Jesus, what is that? I'm, I'm, <laughs> congrats, oh, Freddy, you Freddy. did it. Yeah, thanks, Freddy. <laughs> you killed hey, Johnny you, Depp. You sure did. Nod to the Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah, yeah, the fight fighting, for fighting games, ladies and gentlemen. No, it's like it's it's one of those things where I don't like it because it's just. It's always just marketing, right? It's just like a hey, people who don't care about fighting games. This game's got Freddy Krueger now. This you game's don't got like the Predator it. Now. Totally it. works with I me. It. I know. I the it. only like I'm not a huge fighting game guy. The only reason I love I think Marvel vs. Capcom is because I'm like I know who all these people are. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. And that's like and that's exactly what it. And that's fine because in that in that sense they're making a game that's all about that proper those properties. What is happening? What are we looking at? Video. Whoa! What? <laughs> what Holy. is babyality? Yeah, have you guys never played a Mortal Kombat like ever? <laughs> no, I've played Mortal Kombat. So I just don't. Usually at the end, I try to do something cool, and I just like punch someone in the crotch, and then they yeah. fall down. That's probably cooler than half Morning, of the fatalities, yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, always, it always makes me crazy because it is to me. It, it there is no continuity with the universe. There, not that I'll, I care so much about lore, but it's just it's marketing. You know, I it's like, say, hey, look, guys, there's a famous character in the I game. I would much rather play as Predator in Mortal Kombat than as Spawn, which is That's the, other, the other. thing. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Spawn give, will give. Uh, flashbacks to original Xbox fans from uh, yep. Soul Calibur days. Like, yep. oh, Nintendo version gets Link and we get Spawn. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if you missed that news, uh, <laughs> Todd McFarlane apparently had a meeting with Warner Brothers and gave his blessing. consent, his yeah. blessing. Yeah. Or, Please going to this. allow them to <laughs> someone, which actually sounded kind of desperate. He yeah. was like, I, "I want Spawn to get any more attention." Please than make he this character right relevant again yeah. somehow. Yeah. So this Spawn could also be showing. Could up it be John Leguizamo's Max. character from the movie? Oh, in the the game, the fat oh, clown dude, <laughs> or just John Leguizamo himself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John Leguizamo turned out to be a fine actor. I House think. House of Buggin. Tells of television. Series. Chef. Uh, chef. Chef. He was awesome. Chef. Vince, you're a you're a fighting game yes. fan. Yes. You say. Yes. How, what's how are you? How excited are you for uh, Mortal Kombat X? Oh, uh, pretty excited, especially considering it's a Mortal Kombat game. I mean, typically people know that I've never really been a huge Mortal Kombat fan. I don't hate on it at all, but it's always been um, like Ocarina of Time, right? Exactly. Or Super Mario sixty four. <laughs> right. well, those I'm total haters of, and I'm proud to. <laughs> no, I'm not a hater, but um, no, it's I'm excited for it because with every step that NetherRealm was taken, I feel they've brought the the franchise uh, closer and closer in line to like what I want out of a fighting game. It's become more and more fluid. It's gotten deeper and deeper as they've gone on, and I love that. And I so far from what I've played of MKX, it's continuing that uh, that tradition. So I am excited to see where they take it. And obviously, you're not the only one because Mortal Kombat does insane oh, yeah. numbers on the site. Kills, like kills for us. Shock. Like we know. <laughs> like ah, kills for us. But like it is like it's insane. It's right up there. Yeah. If IGN is any indication, Mortal Kombat X is going to sell approximately 35 bajillion copies. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> give or take. It's, yeah, it's, uh, in terms of traffic in, uh, on IGN this year, it's the 10th most popular game on IGN That's in crazy. 2015. Yeah. Which, for a fighting, which for a fighting game a, is insane. A 20-plus-year-old fighting game. Yeah. Like, yeah. series. I mean, sure. that's, that's some longevity right there. That's yeah. impressive. Right. But that, 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 that history kind of plays in its favor, really, yeah. because if I, I want to get up on the, on the rooftops and shout about how amazing you know, Persona 4 Arena is, like practically 
no one in the IGN audience seems to listen or care that also, much. Also, the police would ask you to come down. <laughs> most be, most likely. Crazy. Life is worth living, Vince. It's going to be okay. Just, just come down, man. But we love you. No, Persona 4 is really good and you have to play it. Like, And it, it is really good and you should play it. But, uh, but yeah, I think that those older franchises that just have their roots in the arcades and people growing up just have so much nostalgia, nostalgia power behind them you know, that, that they, uh, they drive the... They draw the Quick interest. tangent, one of the most, I think, underappreciated guys in gaming, people in gaming, Ed Boon. The guy oh, has he's been great. making the same series, mostly, other than what, the Injustice side yeah. drew. Yeah. I mean, he's making Mortal Kombat games for 20 years, and he still has the passion and the talent yeah. to get it done. He hasn't just said, God, can I please make a, <laughs> a, a racing game? I wanna, yeah. I'm, I'm out of here. And he just, every... Every year, man, these yeah. guys yeah. out there. Do we know if Ed Boon is actually good at Mortal Kombat? Has anyone played against him? Seen I would oh, guess man, that's that a headline. Not. No, I, I would, I would guess Boone? that he's not just because... Whoa! Mostly, no, <laughs> no the, I mean, he's probably... I mean, this is the thing. The people who create the games are, especially now, and they're aware of this, are creating a tool set to facilitate more what? advanced players to run away with it. Mm. And like the, the difference between then and now is that then, I bet you, and I'm, this is totally speculation, I bet you 10, 15 years ago, Ed Boon and the people making whatever Mortal Kombat was just coming out then probably thought they well, were good at it. And I also, uh, <laughs> we have a sort of former pro, current pro, our, our all-around first-person shooter guru, Alfredo Diaz, mm -hmm. and he has actually explained to me this is a real thing. Pro players, the guys that play for money mm -hmm. as careers, apparently when you hit 25, you're physically, like, done. Like, Your you, reflexes you, begin you, to so, dip you know, at 25. Ed Boone's 40-something. Yeah. I'm 34. I'm, like, like, I'm, I'm done for yeah. as well. Like, <laughs> I like that it's at 25. Like, hey, so you can't do this job anymore, but you can rent a car. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, I, no, but it's, it, honestly, the players are always... In the long run, the players are always better than the developers. Yeah. And if you put Ed Boone against, like, I don't know, Perfect Legend or, uh, you know... I don't know, a CD Jr. Slamming Salmon. You know, <laughs> I'm sure. Jackie Two Thumbs. <laughs> no, Jackie, <laughs> Jackie Two Thumbs is, is crazy good. No, um, yeah, but you put him against any of those the real players, and that, that's, that's just how it goes. But I'm sure he's serviceable. All right, well, Mortal Kombat X is out April 14th. Predator not confirmed, but I'd say it's not outside the nether realm of possibility oh, no. that it could Bye. Survive. Bye. There we go. <laughs> Time Show's go. over. I forgot to prior engagement. <laughs> Uh, moving on, that Xbox One Ultimate Game Sale has kicked off this week. You guys gonna pick anything up? There's a lot of good stuff here. We talked about this on Podcast Unlocked, which is our uh, weekly Xbox podcast here. If you haven't ever given it a listen, you this plugged. week I played an awesome <laughs> joke on Marty. It was fun. It was not fun. It was not fun at all. Super fun. Also, it was an awesome joke combined with the fact that your dog was in the room and I started having an allergic reaction, so... You're Amazing. still here, aren't you? Barely. Are you allergic to happiness? <laughs> because that's what his dog anyway, is. Uh, Maggie okay, is X happiness. Game sale. For me, highlights are the uh, South Park, the Stick of Truth, for 15 bucks. Oh my god, mm -hmm. that's pretty good. For 360, obviously. Yeah. Never, yeah. Uh, of all the games to get ported over to the new consoles, no South Park, but... Mirror's Edge, yep. $3. Yep. $3. <laughs> that's like the price of a Big Mac. It's the price of a bus ticket. And that's it's way, that's way better a, for you than a Big Mac. Jeez. Mirror's Edge, $3. Well, I mean, there's a new one in development. If you still have your 360 around, for the love of God, try Mirror's Edge. It's one of the most unique. Uh, it's one of my top yep. 10 for both sure. Of us, yeah. Both of us. Do you think we like, get an update on the next Mirror's Edge at E3? Uh, yes. If, if not, so. it would be... Deeply troubling because yeah. yeah, it was two E3s ago that they announced it, right? Mm -hmm. And then last E3 there was a slight, they were getting a little dark. weird, yeah, 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 yeah which yeah. was odd. Um, 
the Telltale Games collection is five seasons of their shows, both Walking yeah, Dead, both seasons for fifty five dollars. That's eleven bucks a season. Yeah, it's That's amazing. Great. Yeah. Which is like half off what the the bundle usually costs, right? Something like that. It's yeah, like, uh, Destiny for forty dollars. If you haven't gotten it on yeah, Destiny, mm-hmm. that's that's fantastic. Is that just three sixty, or is that also? Xbox? Oh no, that's that's X, I believe that's both. Okay, uh, nice. Xbox One, and then uh, if you've got a Connect, Fantasia is one of the only good Connect games <laughs> sure. for Xbox One. That's twenty. Mm-hmm. And the other one, uh, you know, Ice, Alien Isolation, of course. Not my cup of tea, but lots, <laughs> lots of, people of people love like it. it. Yeah, yeah sure. I, and I'm. Uh, that's great. It's, it's. Hey, we have different opinions. Yay! So twenty five bucks. I mean, that's a great deal for that yeah. game. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty cool that the uh, Telltale Collection comes with season passes for the show for the shows for the games that are not complete yet. Yeah. So yeah. for Tales of the Borderlands and Game, uh, of game of Thrones, it's yeah. pretty cool. So you're not getting complete versions of Walking Dead and and um, The Wolf Among Us, and then just the whatever we have now of the other two. You're gonna get everything of yeah. all. of them. I will gladly pay you today for a <laughs> Telltale game on Thursday. Topical, excellent. Not uh, by humor. That's uh, <laughs> no one, like literally no one's like what? What yep. are you saying? You're definitely the dad of this group. <laughs> Google Popeye cartoon on YouTube. <laughs> oh, that just, just made me cry a little bit inside. The one I'm definitely Wimby, he likes hamburgers. Let's yeah. move on. The one I'm definitely picking up is Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. Oh yeah, eight bucks. This came out too. Like, well, it came out in December. It was like yeah. an awkward time because I was like going on vacation yeah. and their other game, really, other like yeah. all the holiday games. Four, Super so. fun multiplayer game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved the first game and I wanted to play this one and now is the perfect time. It's only eight bucks. Yeah. What I like about this game is that it uh, adjusts the puzzle a little bit depending if you have two players, three players, four players, or, yeah. or one. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the yeah. first one did. The first one was a two-player game and uh, the puzzles would change like depending on whether or not yeah. you're playing by yourself. Yeah. It's really smart. Really game. I feel like this game came and uh, didn't get a lot of fanfare. Yeah, it didn't uh, seem like. Yeah, it was a tough. December is a tough time to release yeah, again. Yeah, kind of an awkward yeah. time. Anyway, uh, do we think we're moving towards Steam Steam style constant sales for consoles? Uh, kind of an awkward. I hope question. so. I hope so. Yeah, awesome. just like, I think we have a long way to go. There's though. PlayStation Plus games every month that are free. Uh, games with gold every month that yeah. are free, and then the daily like deals with gold or yeah. the weekly deals with gold. Uh, PlayStation Store has their flash sales. It yeah. just seems like more and more there's these constant sales well, and bargains that are happening think, on consoles. I think the first parties are starting to realize, hey, we, we need to keep people engaged on our consoles. Yeah. And yep. the days of a tentpole $60 release and then maybe six months to a year later it drops yeah. to $40 are yeah. over. You've got you've to keep it. And, and it's in the publisher's best interest too because the third-party publishers, because they want to keep their IPs moving, keep them current, and has like... Oh, uh, because there are so many games, yeah. like you know, you just talked about uh, Lara Croft, where, mm-hmm. oh, I missed that, because I was playing the 6,000 other games that yeah. came out. Now, that comes around again, oh, eight bucks, sure, I heard that was pretty good. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get that. So I sure hope it's the start of uh, yeah. something. It's also great. smart timing on Microsoft's part, just because, like, obviously, you know, Sony has a lot of headlines this week, because the order is coming out, you know, mm-hmm. like a big first-party game, so... Them being like, hey, here's a bunch of rad Xbox games that are on sale, almost is like, well, maybe I'll stay on my 360 or on my Xbox One as opposed to just, you know, spend all my time this weekend on my PS4. And it's just a quiet time, right? Yeah. I mean, the next big Microsoft release, you got uh, Scream, Scream Ride, Ride, which isn't like a big release, but yeah. it's a neat first party game. We liked it a lot when we mm-hmm. played it. And then Ori in the Blind Forest yeah. in uh, which looks uh, March 10th, oh, yeah. which yeah. looks stunning. How is that so not soon. out yet? That so soon, it's coming. Three weeks. Uh, yeah, it's all set to go. And, and then, yeah, the <laughs> State of Decay. Uh, Xbox, Xbox One, One version yeah. in mm-hmm. April, so yeah, it's a kind of a good time for Microsoft. It's like, okay, well, it's a little quiet on our platform right now. Let's let's yeah. mix it up. People mm-hmm. are looking for things to play. Yeah, to fill the, to yeah. Fill the, the white the uh, the gap. Well, there are lots of good deals in the Xbox One Ultimate Game Sale, but as people will complain about anything, I saw a lot of people in the comments complaining that these are just digital games. 
Oh, they're, they're, they're just digital? <laughs> yeah. It's not the real game? I know. Yeah. You mean it's it's just the, that stupid digital version? Yeah. yeah. I'm totally disappointed. Where's my instruction booklet? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I've been I mean, saying people, that for like five years. Yeah, people, people are going to complain about everything. Yeah. It's just sort of the nature of humanity's awful. Well, that was like when, uh, when 343 said, okay, we're going to give all you guys Halo 3 ODST as a free download yeah. as sort of a mea culpa. Where's Reach? Where's Reach? <laughs> I want Reach too. Yeah. Like, Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of those uh, Microsoft exclusives, Phantom Dust, a reboot <sighs> of a 2005, I think, cult favorite. Yeah, I cult is putting it strongly. I previously, before I came to IGN, I worked at Official Xbox Magazine for about ten years. And I never played this game. That's how sort of wait you ne- wait you. I've never played the never original played Phantom Dust. Phantom Dust that yeah. surprises me a little bit. Yeah, given your background, but uh, can't yeah. play them all. No, you play can't. Most I guess. of them. When wait, I so what's what's happening? So the, first of all, this a reboot was announced at E3. Yes, last. I remember that. So, right. and, right. and I screwed up like a little girl. This is yeah. a card. Ba- it's a card battle game. Yeah. What? Yeah, the original was a card battle game. So they announced they were rebooting it, uh, and then. Microsoft has been hyping it recently, talking about how it's a 30-hour-long Japanese RPG. Ken Lobb won on yeah. a, a podcast. Uh, but then news came this week that the developer, Darkside Games, of this reboot was shut down. Roto. Microsoft terminated the contract with that. So what is the situation? This is a, a developer that's been around for a while, and they do work on they do contract work on Borderlands pre-sequel, Sunset Overdrive, Gears of War Judgment, and now they're developing Phantom Dust. And then Microsoft terminates their contract, and the studio has to shut down immediately? Yeah, it's, it's weird, right? It, yeah. it says it gives me bad vibes, and I, I was I've never been. I don't think I've screamed so loud as an adult <laughs> when 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 they announced this reboot. I mean, I was so excited. I put so many hours into this game with my friends um, when it originally came out on Xbox Live. It was like my like this and Halo Two were like my two probably most played Xbox Live games. So number um, one, I, any faint hope anyone may have had of this being a 2015 game, which they never even set a date. Right, not that's a gone. Yeah, right, that's gone. sure. And I'm fine. And I'm fine with that. I guess what concerns me more than anything is. So when they said they were making it like a 30-plus-hour JRPG framework um, for the game, that sounded intriguing to me because I do like RPGs, um, and I feel like the, what they do, where it's like you're, you're basically trying to obtain rare cards to make your deck more powerful and uh, become a stronger you know, kind of uh, yeah. fighter, that kind of fits well into the framework of an RPG, I think, mm-hmm. but it, I felt like it was going to be maybe a little bit too much extra fluff around what I want to do, which is just get into you know, these multiplayer card battles. So I'm wondering if maybe that the vision that they started to set out for themselves and started to execute on maybe wasn't what close enough to the original vision and they wanted to scrap it and go yeah. from you know and go from scratch and make it more like what the original was but that could be you know kind of wishful thinking i i'm afraid it's the other way around yeah we i mean maybe. it could it really could be anything because we don't know it could be microsoft wasn't happy with the direction so they pulled the plug it could be the developer you know who who knows i mean yeah it, it's not necessarily the fault of one side or another we yeah. may never know but I was thinking, you know, who would be good to, in the spirit of this game, who would be good to take it on? And the one studio that came to mind is, because uh, I believe they're independent, they're available, Stainless Games, the guys that do the Magic, the oh, Gathering yeah. Duels of the Planeswalkers. Yeah. Like, you know, so well, yeah, except fit, that right? the last one was such a debacle. The last well, Magic, the Gathering yeah, Duels yeah. of the Planeswalkers. Isn't the new one better? Well, they fixed it. They, they fixed they it. They tweaked okay. it. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. So, real talk, I think 
I've been getting, I, did, I thought Phantom Dust was a game about giant mechs. So I think I was getting confused <laughs> with Chrome Hounds. I, yeah, Chrome, I think you were. I told, there was a game called Chrome Hounds. Yeah, Chrome Hounds awesome. awesome. software. I love I loved Chrome Hounds. No. Hounds. From made that yeah, game. Yeah, From made that game. It's a front game. Uh, Been there. Pretty ambitious online. <laughs> very ambitious, too, yeah. Had this whole time. persistent online yeah. war. Um, very, very cool game. But uh, yeah, I'm just afraid that what this is actually going to be now is them going, huh, a 3D like multiplayer card battle game. Ain't no one gonna play that. Well, let's, put, we, let's put in chainsaw guns. Well, and, you know, it's just gonna make it sick. like a. I, <laughs> I actually <laughs> am a little. I, I have a suspicion, and I hope. I hope I'm not just being pessimistic. I hope this doesn't happen, but I would not be surprised if that game just never comes out at this point. Like, it just sort of quietly fades off. I mean, it was the most surprising announcement for me at Microsoft C3 because it's like, of all the interesting little IPs that Microsoft has in the vault, particularly from the original Xbox days, Mm -hmm. Phantom Dust would not have been the one I would have thought of to bring back. For me, it was absolutely the first one on my mind. You know, if you told me, what's a weird Microsoft IP that they've been sitting on for a while that you'd love to see come back, Phantom Dust would absolutely be the first thing that I would... Come yeah. out, come out of my mouth because it was, it was an underappreciated game. It was so ahead right. of its time in terms of its online, uh, you know, functionality and just the way they made a th- like a basically a three D action game out of a, what's essentially a card based, right. uh, you know, deck building game it was just brilliant, brilliant design and the art was amazing. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you said this, Damon, but they they did Microsoft did claim that the game is still in development. Yeah, they said yes. development will continue. Just don't know yeah. Where. yeah. Also, real talk, Squirrel's got a weird coat. Like look how look how high that thing goes up, and then it's got a buckle. Like she's putting her buckle around her face. Where, yeah. where she lives, it's very cold, so she needs to like, zip up. It's like yeah. a turtleneck. And yeah. there's dust everywhere, so you don't want to breathe that in. It's yeah, like and they're, masks they're, and they're reversed to yeah. hats. worse than asbestos. As- asbestos. Yeah. And they've got and, then, and they're reversed to hats, <clears throat> so you need your collar to cover your ears yeah. completely. Makes sense. That is uh, a new way to pop a collar, right there. Oh, that, yeah. is, that is taking that, it to the next. That level. collar is super popped. Yeah. Uh, I really like collectible card games, so I really like the idea of a modern. Uh, first party funded yeah. collectible card Blizzard game just for Xbox over. One. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Blizzard would, would knock it out of the. I mean, it's not gonna, obviously never going to happen. But yeah. when you talk about a developer that I think would absolutely nail it, like that combination of taking the the kind of more cerebral, deliberate uh, kind of card collecting and, and deck building game, but then make it something that's charismatic and Hearth and, dust. Uh, and fun. Yeah, Hearth Dust. I'll, I'll play the hell out of that game. Right, so it already has dust. So right, so there you sense. go. Conspiracy, we figured it out. We know who's developing <laughs> Crack it. Crack the code. <laughs> uh, all right, next up. Square Enix wants developers to pitch ideas for yeah. Gex, yeah. Fear Effect, and Anachronox. Yeah. Not familiar with that last one. Anachronox, Anachronox. funny story. This, so, do you remember Ion Storm? Daikatana? Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, well, Deus Ex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Romero. That was just like p- yeah. polar opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you had, you had uh, Warren Spector and... Look at this guy. Yeah. Why Look at that guy. Yeah, why is Gex, he holding a TV remote? Oh, his whole thing's about TV. Is He's that, obsessed with TV, and then yeah. he gets pulled into the TV world, mm-hmm. and every level is based on a different television. Anachronox was done, if I remember correctly, by a gentleman named Tom Hall, who's a longtime industry veteran, worked at id Software for a while. It was a Quake Engine role-playing game. They made, a, they made a full-up RPG out of the Quake Engine that uh, was very, like, it was actually it was sci-fi, but it was very funny, and it, apparently it was... It was very good, but it didn't sell super well. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it definitely falls into the sort of cult, yeah. cult yeah. hit. So this is part of the Square Enix Collective, mm-hmm. which is Square Enix initiative to 
fund or no? They don't even fund. What are they doing? They're they're looking for. So they'll they, partner with independent developers. They take twenty. You make something, and then they take twenty percent. Yeah, and it's pretty much like we have all these IPs, especially deal. after the IDOS deal. Like we have all these IP that we're not going to do anything. Like we're not going to make a Gex game. We're not going to make a Fear Effect game. But if you want to pitch us and you want to do it, you can do it. And, and then, then we'll just publish it and we'll... But they don't, yeah, money. you still have to fund it yourself yeah. via Kickstarter or some other means. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll take 20%. So I don't, I'm not sure what Square Enix does yeah. in this. They did, I mean, this, I think they put their name on it. It's like they provide consulting. It's like yeah. the Sopranos. They're just taking points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's taking fantastic. 20 points. Shakedown. Yeah. It's the well, big... I mean, they're providing the license. They're yeah. providing the... Yeah, well, this, you know. so this is the first time they've provided... Uh, uh, their own light IPs. They have partnered with other developers to create original games mm -hmm. before. Something called Goesha, I think. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time you can pitch Square properties. Gex, Fear Effect, and Anachronox. Uh, Anachronox actually is... Uh, it is a fascinating universe and could be okay. a really interesting... I could see somebody doing something really interesting. Yeah. So I never, I never played Fear Effect, and all I remember about Fear Effect were those like super scandalous ads. Yeah. Oh, like you'd God. open up EGM, that's and it'd yeah, be... Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, hey, here's two girls I, kissing. We're not going to tell you what the game's about, but you should play it. Let's take a look at which at the time was, Computer people. Which at, which at the time was absolutely <laughs> completely out of like the realm of anything that you were seeing yeah. in games this is, at the time. This is like, so yeah, this is Fear Effect. What does a Fear Effect game look like today? Um... Hopefully, a lot more tasteful. <laughs> I mean, so this is a, it's a sense of, it's like a Resident Evil game. I mean, like mechanically, it seems like a Resident Evil game. Yeah, they're considered running, action running, <laughs> adventure games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have a female protagonist, uh, but like you, I I didn't play them back in the yeah. day either. I just remember all the advertising was uh, about their the sexuality of the game. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and Gex is like, that's scraping the bottom of the failed mascot barrel right there. <laughs> so yeah, Gex, Gex was one of those 3D, I mean, I guess the first one was a 2D platformer, but then they went 3D. It was sort of that era when, you know, like we were talking about, the, the collectathon games and then stuff like Spyro and yeah. and everything. I remember liking Gex. Yeah, it was fine. Um, Gex was solid. It was fine. it became like this really f weird fourth wall breaking, self-aware thing. And it had, I just remember it being full of Austin Powers jokes, which would just be huge in 2015. Yeah. Like, what's next? <laughs> Bubsy and Arrow the Acrobat? Oh, oh we had God. Bubsy 3D come out for free later. <laughs> Arrow the Acrobat, They geez. made a, what was the one, the... Konami one with the uh, Rocket... Rocket Knight? Oh, Rocket Knight. Yeah, Rocket they Knight. made a new one for yeah, that's Xbox right. Live yeah, and yeah. PSN, didn't they? Yeah. Wait, wait, they did? Yeah, like a few years ago. They made ago. a new Rocket Knight Adventures. Yeah, 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 they did. Like a Rocket Knight Adventures HD kind of thing. Yeah. A couple years ago, yeah. Like Gex is, he's got a money pin that's just a dollar sign. That's sort of, that's good. He has, he has Oakleys. Yeah. He's a baller. He's got his Oaks. Uh, were, were the Gex games all 2D platformers? The first one was 2D, 2D the second and third. Then Enter the Gecko and Deep Something was 3D. Yeah. Deep Something. They could partner with Geico. Today. Oh God! That. <laughs> what if? What if the Lizard Squad comes? Remember those guys? Well, there was oh, Seven Ups. Seven Ups Cool Spot had his own game. Oh my so God! So did the yeah. Yo Noid. Just, yeah, the the no avoid the Noid. Chester Cheeto oh, had God. his own game. That's Chester right. Cheetah. That's right. I, I think there were there were two Fear Effect games, or were there three? I, think, I remember two. There two, two. I remember yeah. two. Yeah. Fear Effect Two Double Helix. Uh, anytime we talk about Fear Effect, I love bringing up this ad. Let's put. Let's bring up this yep. ad. This is. Yep, this, this is stuff I was talking about. This is great. So. Yeah. Uh, two girls in their underwear. One is giving the other a back rub. They're reading a magazine a called Big Guns. No! Let me read this it's quote. <laughs> wow, this game is freaking filthy beyond belief. I mean, like, one look at this game and my mom would never let me go home again. But Mark Nix likes it because it's got boobies. Not as many as Danger Girl, but still. Why the hell is it a quote in that? What? Now, to be fair, I don't think this ad ever was ever actually published. 
But I this is almost disagree. I, I remember I this image. I don't know about I don't know about the quote, but I'm with Marty. This image was definitely in, in video game magazines. Yeah. Definitely in video game it's magazines. It's pretty amazing that there's an IGN quote that <laughs> references Mark Nix. Also, so our database I get team. the climax joke, but like a story with thirteen climaxes isn't a story. Like it's just a <laughs> that's re- fifty shades of it's gray. It's fifty shades. No, it had like negative thirteen climaxes. <laughs> it, it was a different time. I'm it just, was a different era. And I'm glad. The Clinton that, administration. I, I could not be more glad that we are in a different time. Take it down. Take it down. Take it down. <laughs> Computer. <laughs> so filthy. Uh, see, I don't oh, know yeah, what yeah. I don't know what a modern Fear Fight game would be like. Um, but I actually like when, going back to the uh, the Resident Evil HD. Uh, I like. I think they could do something cool with a game that use pre, uses pre-rendered backgrounds yeah. today. I want Dino Crisis. Just Dino Crisis. Like, like yes. Grim Fandango remastered. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Pre-rendered backgrounds. It's an amazing game yeah. still. I mean, I don't know. I don't think. I think the, the day of pre-rendered backgrounds is kind of gone. Well, I know, but it's just know. been so long. I think they could do something cool with it. But yeah, today. I mean, you look how like you know, Grimfin Angle sold well. Resident Evil, you know, was Capcom's biggest digital game. It sold well. I think. I hope so. I hope so. I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream <laughs> where it sold really well. I bought it. Yeah. No, but I'm just saying, pre-rendered backgrounds were, were like they were a cheat. You know, it was like, well, we don't have the graphical horsepower cool. to make yeah, it look. But they look rad. Me, you know, I want my life to be in this pre-rendered background. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean that future where where, this where is the background background right this now, <laughs> but I mean that future where the backgrounds can look like so realistic and so amazing. That future is now in real time, right? So like we don't really need that. The future is now. What if we had right. pre-rendered? By the way, Double Helix, interesting. Cause the, there's another game that had that same subtitle, Soldier of Fortune 2, first person right. shooter oh, yeah. by Raven That's Software. Also, the name of a game. Double Helix? Double Helix. Uh, if I remember correctly... I thought I'm, that was a developer. I'm put, it is okay, a developer. It is a developer, but if I remember correctly, <laughs> Double Helix was also a weird so, mech game for PS1. Huh. I could be totally I believe you. missing the mark here, but yeah, it was a, it was like a first-person perspective mech game with like a survival horror element where you go in, in like... Spooky mechs. Explore these like broken-down laboratories. <laughs> this mech is haunted. <laughs> Just get out of it. <laughs> Just it was kind out. Of, if it's the game I'm thinking about, it's, 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 it was pretty cool, but maybe it's all in my head, guys. Who knows? When was the last Soldier Fortune game? Uh, there was a really bad one that I reviewed called Payback, uh, which was done by like Activision's value yeah, budget team. So it one. wasn't Raven. Uh, and it was it was sort of bad, but in like the Hercules Xena fun way. Like it mm. was definitely not a good game, but it was yeah. sort of enjoyably like, yeah. bad. And that was from boy, that was probably I'm gonna guess five to seven years ago at this point. Look it up. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. listeners, remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Michael did. Hey, Michael. And he sent his hey, email from fellow. Windows Mail. Oh. says, I just listened to the most recent Gamescoop episode. I'm glad to see you guys are also excited about the Banjo-Kazooie spiritual successor. We talked about this last week. Several former Rare developers are getting together to make another 90s-style platformer. Please and that get funding and release on all awesome. platforms. <coughs> yes. Love IGN. Michael says, the point was brought up that there are too many collectibles in that game. Now, this is Jared Petty talking, who's normally a very nice guy. Wait, he normally, you mean he wasn't nice when he said no, that? No, after last week's episode, he's banned from the studio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fact, this is even referenced at the beginning of Nuts and Bolts, a game that I actually like. Underrated. Yeah, underrated game. There is the dialogue along the lines of, gamers aren't into collecting things anymore. Now, note, Nuts and Bolts came out kind of early in the Xbox 360 life cycle, before several other franchises became more established, and since then, I'm gonna take this. we have seen that games do, gamers do still like collecting things in games. 
In fact, they may like to do that more often than ever. Why do I say this? Look at the most recent open world games. Infamous series, Assassin's Creed series, Far Cry Sunset 3 and Overdrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those games are full of optional collectibles that I see very few people complain about. And then the recent Dragon Age Inquisition was very similar. How many quests in that were basically you walking around the world trying to find collectibles? The Banjo series may seem like it has a lot of collectibles, but they actually serve a stronger purpose. Than, and I think like Crackdown, collecting them is actually fun. Not sure what that means. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Super excited for this. Love the show. I think we can all agree that Jared's wrong. No, I mean, yeah, I hadn't really thought <laughs> of it. Like, so, like, the, I'm, I'm running around Far Cry 4, like, finding all the, uh, like, treasure boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, 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 I love posts. And, yeah. So, I guess the question is did collect a thons ever really go away? I don't think they ever went away. I think the difference is that in today's kind of gaming era, like, you have to contextualize those collectibles in a, in a way that's meaningful. You know, like, like for instance, so with Dragon Age, right? Um, I put 160 hours total probably in Dragon Age over the course of like one and a half playthroughs. And I never stopped exploring and looking around for collectibles, but it wasn't because I was like, I just gotta catch them all. I just gotta have everything. It's because every little kind of uh, loose thread that you see, you tug on it a little bit, and it leads you somewhere that seems interesting. And at the end, there's a payoff. Maybe it's a story payoff. Maybe it plays into like one of the larger game systems, like where you increase your power or your prestige, exactly. or you get a new skill, or you get or you get a, an awesome new piece of gear that changes how you play your character. I mean, even even GTA Three. Uh, and I think carried forward in subsequent GTAs, you know, you find enough of the, whether it's pigeons or, or packages, or, or packages yeah. and you eventually get, oh, like now at my base I have a, a, a suit of, an armor, uh, yeah, armor yeah. vest, a flak jacket I can grab whenever I want. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's mostly about uh, Banjo-Kazooie 1 did it well, or I guess just Banjo-Kazooie, uh, where the collectibles actually helped you. Like it was less of a, well, I'm just going to get them for get him, getting them sake and more right. of like, well, if you get... X amount of these, and it's going to unlock a door. If you get this, it's going to unlock a secret, uh, which is how it should be. Like I shouldn't just be collecting something for the sake of uh, a checklist. Mm. But if I know there's something like uh, the collectibles in uh, like Yoshi's Island, you wanted to get 100% in every level because then they unlocked the secret levels, which are some of the game's best ones. Mm. Uh, so as long as you sort of give us a light at the end of the tunnel, then I think collecting stuff's fine. Yeah, not just a light at the end of the tunnel, but I feel also lights along the way. Yeah, right because. Like for instance, for me, like you, you mentioned Grand Theft Auto, I can't really say for three because it's been a while. But I mean, for the more recent Grand Theft Autos, I I could not, I cannot be bothered to go find like a hundred pigeons or yeah. like three hundred hidden packages. I'm like, if maybe finding each of them is super interesting and each package gives me something, uh, some kind of a payoff, even if it's just a, a an interesting bit of story or anything. Yeah. Other otherwise, and also there's got to be an interesting way about finding them. Has to be interesting. Like it can't be just be like me running around in circles yeah. for two hours hoping I see a a, a pigeon. Mm -hmm. I need to have leads. I need to feel like I'm on a. I'm kind of like picking up a, a you know a breadcrumb trail and solving something yeah, and, sure. and having actual real gameplay to it. The game I remember. Uh, being the tipping point when people started saying the amount of collectibles in this game is too damn high. Uh, Donkey Kong 64. 64. Yep, yeah. that's the, exactly where I was going to. And that game was because not only did not only was there just like a dozen different forms of collectibles, but it was different for each one of the stupid characters in that game. Yeah, and oh my, that game is just. So I, I do, it does kind of seem like after that game came out, Collectathon sort of like. The collectathon bubble burst. Went away for a little bit, but yeah. now, as we see today, there's just lots of open world games where there's just tons of stuff to yeah. collect. And like yeah, anything, I think people, that's great. people have the nostalgia. Like we, we brought it up last week that, uh, I mean, the Spanish Kazooie game, then there's that Hat in Time, which is a Kickstarted uh, 3D platforming game that feels a lot like, you know, Mario Sunshine or yeah. uh, 
like Banjo Kazooie. So I think people are, especially people who like were our age at that time, are yeah. excited for stuff like that. And I think the key thing there too is that um, you know, collect, having lots of stuff to collect just gives you more to do in that world. And if you really yeah. love that world and the yeah. world is a fun place to be, then you, it probably won't become a problem for you. In a case like Donkey Kong 64, where the game is you know pretty much trash. Going around, I, I, mean, I don't think anyone would disagree. With the well, maybe retroactively put that on the box. I, I yeah. IGN would disagree. With Pretty you. much no. trash. No, it's it's not nine point nine. Craig Harris. <laughs> but I mean, especially a game like that, where like the core gameplay is not that fun. You know, why would I want more of something that's not that fun? You know, sure. Masochism. Yep. Because I hate myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of masochism. Whoa. Oh, nice segue. Before we go this week. What are we going to play this weekend? I've been playing, I just crossed the 20 hour mark in Darkest Dungeon. Ooh. Oh, yes. Which I love. Yes. That's my favorite game of the year. It's so been, good. I, I'm going to be playing that for a long time. Yep. And so uh, thoroughly good. masochism is uh, one of the quirks that yeah, you have yeah, yeah, yep. when yeah. they get yep. to uh, uh, insane. I also downloaded uh, The Escapists and started checking that out last night, but it didn't grab me right away. Uh, Escapists? Yeah, it's, it's out now for uh, Xbox One. It just One, hit this week. Yeah, yeah PC. Okay. It's an 8 bit prison break. Style game, oh, but it's cool. like yeah, it's, yeah. It's, and it's by Team Seventeen, the Worms guys. Yes. Oh, is it actually, cool. by them or did they just sort of uh, like they're in on it somehow? Yeah, they, yeah. you yeah. instantly made me want to play this game. Yeah, I don't, tell me, tell me what you think about it. I, the first like half hour didn't really grab me mm-hmm. when I was playing it last night, but um, I don't. It's getting good reviews, so yeah. I don't know. We're gonna see. Uh, but what are you guys gonna play this weekend? Yeah, I'm working. I'm still working on Dying Light, huge game. I really like it. It's just it's it's there's just enough new about it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's I've always gotten the Left 4 Dead meets Mirror's Edge vibe from it, but it turns out it's like it's a pretty deep, almost RPG-ish kind of game too. The whole the first half an hour of the game, you're not even fighting anything. Yeah, it's just yeah. setting up characters, and it's a really, really interesting uh, first-person experience. And then I uh, actually just installed Far Cry 4 l- last night. Speaking of, Are you just started playing that. I just yeah, oh. I'm just finally about to get oh, into it because I was busy oh, with other God. things over the over the fall season. Yeah. So. yeah. I was playing for um, I was playing Dun- um, Darkest Dungeon. Yeah. But me, my girlfriend and I were trading off. Like we both had our own campaigns, and yeah. she would play for an hour or two, and I'd like coach her, and then I would play for an hour or two, and she would point stuff out. But then we decided to stop because we don't want to burn ourselves out and like see most of what the game has to offer. Because it's in early access. Before, yeah, it's still in early access, and I think they're still working on the mid and late games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, sections of the of, of the game. We just don't want to. We already know that this game is going to be so. Excellent for us, and that we love it so much yeah, that we absolutely. that we actually put it down because we want to be able to fully enjoy it once it's a fin- finished product later. Yeah. Um, that's how much we like it already. But what I'm, I mean, I'm all day, every day, every day I be evolving. I'd evolve be, every all. day I be yep. evolving. Yeah, I'd be evolving more of that evolve, too. Evolve, yeah. evolve, evolve. You're gonna play uh, a game tonight that I'm very excited for. Oh yes, I am. That's right. Um, I'm gonna get a chance to play uh, Disgaea Five. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this evening, which you know we're both uh, big Disgaea fans. Yeah. First time this uh, the series is coming to uh, to the current gen platforms. Uh, interested to see what the PS4 does, if anything, for the visual style of uh, of uh, of those games. Yeah. So I mean, those aren't like really visually like or right. graphically intense games. Sure. But they sure. have like a very cool anime anime style. So. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how they adapt it, that look, if at all, to yeah. the modern uh, hardware, or if they just Play it straight, which would be fine by me. So either way, I'm super excited for that. Nice. And Marty. Uh, I'm going to play through the order, uh, especially yeah. because I know it's only six or seven hours long. Yeah. Uh, just to sort of, not to say I did it, but I feel like I... Also, you host a PlayStation podcast. I so also host a PlayStation probably, podcast, well, so I should probably... Yeah, I actually, part, yeah. I want to play it too, because the gameplay from what... The, I've, I've played it in little tiny slices yeah, at, yeah. at shows, at like E3. And, sure, sure. And it's the combat feels... Super Gears of War, uh, 
uh, in a like, oh, I played this nine years ago kind of way. But actually, just I'm super interested in the story. And our yeah. review by Brendan Tyrell said the story's good. Yeah, the story, the world's cool. Obviously, the game's gorgeous. Uh, and again, we, we've talked about this a few times, but I like the fact, I mean, a lot of people are in a hoopla over the fact that the game's like six hours long, but I'm like, nope, no, totally. Fine. I, I love I that. have yeah. no free time, I, so I, if I, I can beat about, it in two sittings, then. Yeah. I'm all yeah. about an awesome eight-hour game with not with no filler in it. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, I have a full-time job and a family, so, you know, a 40-hour thing is actually kind of intimidating yeah. to me yeah. these days. Yeah. I know it's that, that there, there's a switch that flips at some point in your life. Yeah, like when, when you're, you're like, younger and you have tons of free time yeah. and not as many responsibilities, it's not that that's, that's a good thing. That's not a, it's also a you have less thing. disposable income, so you want right. you need like more free value. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll also be uh, playing a handful of uh, indie games. I got builds of that uh, during GDC, the Game Developer Conference, which is in San Francisco at the beginning of uh, March. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in two weeks, uh, we hold uh, a really cool sort of indie mix event in our office where you have like fifty or sixty devs Love setting up games. Uh, so I'm playing a lot of those games, and we're gonna. What's been at uh, What's been at those in years past? God, in the, years past. So uh, last year, uh, Chariot was at. Or yeah, last year. Chariot. Yeah, Hack and yeah. Slash. Yeah, Hack and yeah. Slash. Double Fine always has uh, a Hyperlight Drifter. Hyperlight Drifter. Roundabout. Uh, yeah, a lot of really cool nice. games. And the list. I saw the list that we have this year. I think we're. It's not published yet, but the list is awesome. Cool. So a lot of cool stuff that we'll be covering in the next couple weeks. Cool, very exciting. I think that's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Vince. Thank you, Marty. Yeah. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.